I mentioned in episode one a friend who called me out on many things during a very difficult part of my life. She was life-changing. One of the biggest eye-opening discussions I had with her was on how we get attached to the story our mind creates and not the reality. And we end up putting someone or something on a pedestal. When something or someone is on a pedestal, you lose your balance. From my experience, when it's a relationship and the balance is lost for too long and not put back in place, you begin to tolerate things and you lose your truth. Someone in that relationship will practice power and manipulation, and the other person will end up taking it and eventually lose their identity and self-worth. Needless to say, I was on a number of occasions that person on both hands, not cool and certainly not attractive. What I'm about to say is something almost every single person has gone through. I learned it the hard way. Actually, I'm going to share a story on the last time I put someone on a pedestal. This experience eventually taught me on how easy it is to mistake lack for love. I was attracted to the same person for nine long years. My attraction levels were so high that at some point I thought it was love. We had a connection. We would know when we would be thinking of each other because we would text each other almost at the same time. Amazing. Telepathy. In my head, that connection validated what I was feeling even more. It had to be love. I mean, my feelings were stemming from a place beyond my heart. And my feelings were rooted from somewhere so deep in a place I didn't even know existed. No, we were soulmates. The only problem was... It turned out I was the only one on that lover lover planet. For nine long years, we texted off and on, sometimes for hours a day, for months at a time, because we lived on opposite sides of the world. This was and still is a family friend and not somebody I had met randomly online. In the summer of 2009, the universe finally planned for us to be in Amman at the same time in the same wedding. Could the stars be any more aligned? I mean... I played it cool, nonchalant the entire night, and I was anyway scheduled to take a flight to Turkey right after the wedding to meet up with friends there. I was on top of my game. But as I took that flight to Istanbul, I left my heart in Amman. In 2019, I had to deal with a family inheritance issue. It made me travel back and forth between Dubai and Amman almost every single month. Yeah, I could have given power of attorney to my sister, but... Knowing that one person who had my heart is now an Amman for the year? Oh, hell no. I'm not giving anyone anything. I was taking flights almost every few weeks to seize every single opportunity for us to spend time together. My mind was absent during business meetings when I was in Dubai. And the airport lobby soon became my second home. I created opportunities for us to be together. This was the universe bringing us together. Or so I thought. Actually, it turned out my credit card was doing all the work, but I didn't see that. I was doing all the work. It was one-sided. Every word, every look, every gesture, every call, every text message, every argument between us in my head meant something. I overanalyzed and I got attached to the story of what this could mean. And the more I talked about it, and boy did I talk about it, the bigger the story got, and the more I got attached. 
I wasn't shifting my energy and focus onto something else, something useful. No, I was focusing on what this meant and what that meant. It became toxic. I was focused and drowned. I never got what I wanted. I never got what my heart desired. We never even had a first kiss or held hands. We fought and argued and texted and saw each other often when I was in Hamman. I delayed the flight once for the chance to spend a little more time together. And it almost felt like we were in something undefined. And I was completely okay with it because, well, I refused to see that I deserved better. Now today, if you tell me this version of the story, I'll see it for what it is. But for the longest time, I made excuses. I talked about them to validate them. And I believed them. And this is how I got attached to the story and not the reality. I wasn't even feeling fulfilled. Something was missing. In fact, my belief was, this feeling I have completes me. The truth was slapping me in the face, but I didn't even know it. When something completes you, then you're coming from black. Because we are complete as human beings. We cannot hang our imperfections and insecurities or what we are lacking on someone else. It's not their responsibility to fill the void. It is ours. Now, a, psychological, a psychologist sorry, may articulate this way better than me, but I hope you get the idea. Here's the deal. I'm not crying over spilled milk. What's done is done. No one learns a lesson for free. This cost me money and time, but this experience also was rewarding because I understood myself better and I'm forever grateful for it. It's such a clear, basic formula when somebody of any gender likes you, they will make the effort for you. Now, granted, not everyone will take weekly flights to be with you, but if they do, this is your sign that they are invested. So don't be a douche and be straight up with them on where you stand. Now, I did one classic mistake. I wasn't upfront about how I felt. I mean, come on, everybody knew how I felt, but I did not speak my truth to that one person I should have spoken to. I depended on the vibes and the signs and the mutual friends relaying messages, and that worked against me. Do you sometimes look back at something and realize that it could have been solved by clear communication, mostly from your side about what you want, instead of letting it drag? This story dragged for too long, and I personally hold myself responsible. Now, of course, it took a lot of work to tone down my ego and accept reality for what it really is. I spent nine years believing I had a deep connection to someone because I never spoke up. I did not own how I felt, so I ended up reading into things and looking for signs and interpreting every single thing every damn day. And when I finally had the balls to say something, I received the classic rejection. Wow, we were on different pages. I was heartbroken, I withdrew, and the lockdown of 2020 happened. Everything crashed. My emotions, my expectations, the economy, and my company. I was forced to sit my butt in Dubai in my apartment and deal with it. By myself. It was lockdown. My anxiety crept up like a little monster, and it grew louder and stronger, until I had a breakdown and I called my youngest sister, who is, by the way, an amazing psychologist, and I told her that I was pacing my apartment hours at a time with tears in my eyes and a heart that was beating so fast. I felt it was about to stop. How do I stop this madness? I asked her. She gave me the hardest homework. She asked me to sit with myself. What? 
I don't want to sit with those emotions. I want to escape them. And go where? She asked. Well, I don't know, she said. You can't run from yourself. So sit with yourself. Badish. But she was right. To cut his long story short, for one whole week, she asked me to sit with myself, go for short walks, avoid social media and calling everyone I knew every hour. She asked me to write and journal how I felt. The first day was awful. The second day got a bit better. But by the third day, I realized I was going to live. I began to have some sort of value with myself again. I got to know myself a little bit more every day. When things eased up, I connected with an old friend, and it turned out she had her own journey that year, and we spoke for hours. We were on fire. No masks, just the raw truth. I learned that there is something called lack, and lack is very dangerous, because it's often mistaken for love. We get attracted to people and put them on a pedestal, and sometimes we don't even know why, but we feel that they have such a strong control over us, and we lose ourselves to please them and get further from our truth when we get rejected. Why is that? From my experience, we see something in them that we lack, and it feels like they complete us. This is at least what happened to me, and it happened many times before that, but the last fall was the longest and the hardest and the meanest, and it took a very long time for it to lose its effect on me. So how does one know the difference? This may burst your bubble, but this is what I do. When I really like someone and I find my mind slightly begin to obsess with them, I ask myself, what do I like about them? I literally write it down. And then I take a good look at what I wrote and I ask myself if these qualities lack in my life. I'll give you an example. They may be so passionate about their work and they appear so confident and on top of their game. They might seem like they're reeking from success. So I'll ask myself, am I passionate about my job? Am I confident and on top of my game in that department? You all know by now that I lost my passion for my company, so the answer is no. So there you go. This is lack. Does it make sense? So far, this exercise has showed me where I'm coming from. This realization calms me down because I see the reality for what it is, and I don't let my ego and emotions run the show. And I begin to see them for what they really are. And a balance is created and a healthy boundary slash relationship is born. So what the hell was I feeling during those nine years? I believe my feelings came from a genuine and real place. But they came from what I knew then was love and respect. And it had such a low quality to them. Now that I have a much higher value on myself and the definition of love has completely changed. And I look forward to seeing how I will behave when I fall hard the next time, because it's one thing to know something and talk about it, but it's a completely different thing to walk the talk. Life is a mirror of our reality. If we're not careful, we will find ourselves in the same cycle over and over again. The beauty in this mirror is that you can actually shift it. It takes constant practice, showing up every single day. The work does not stop. I'm still figuring it out with trial and error. But if you're interested in this topic, pick up a book called Transurfing by Vadim Zeeland. He walks you through it. Thank you for listening in. See you next time.